The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, welcome to the Grove Church. So happy that you're here today. Our kids did an awesome job. Can we give them a huge hand again? Absolutely. Super fun. I want to thank Crystal and Heather. They did a great job putting this whole thing together, as well as Kyle and the team making it all happen, as well as our media team. So thank you guys for all your hard work. It is all about kids this season, and I don't know about you, but kids make everything so much more beautiful at Christmas, and uh, it's so fun to be a part of what God's doing in our church. It's been a really cool past couple Sundays. Last Sunday, we dedicated 11 kiddos to Jesus, which was a great day. You can celebrate that. Absolutely. And then today, obviously, the kids performing and doing a great job. It does remind me, and I want to make a reference to this today. There's a cool story in the Gospels where uh, kids are coming to Jesus, and the disciples are trying to rebuke them and uh, kind of get them out of the way. And Jesus basically rebukes them and says, you know, let kids always come unto me because the kingdom of God belongs to kids like this. And it's just an encouragement to you and I at our church, in our homes, in our communities, man. Kids are a blessing from God. Kids aren't a nuisance. They're not in the way. They're not too loud. They're not annoying. They are our future. And it's our responsibility as a church, as parents, as aunties, as uncles, as grandparents, to do our very best to love them well, to welcome them, and pour our lives into growing them towards Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So we love kids here, and it's awesome to see kiddos uh, be a part of our church. One of the cool things that we do every single year at the Grove Church that I'm going to invite you to be a part of in 2019 is our Bible reading plan. And so out in the lobby today at our guest table, starting January 1st, 2019, is just a little uh, pamphlet that looks like this. Uh, you'll be reading the whole Bible with us throughout the year. I've been doing this for the past three years, and it's a really cool thing to do. Uh, you can also get an app on your phone called the YouVersion Bible app and follow along with this Bible reading plan. One of the best things I believe you can do as a Christ follower or even if you're checking out Christianity, is to take some time to look into God's Word and to read it on a daily basis. So I would encourage you to grab those uh, on your way out today. Last week, Pastor Aaron opened up our series called Spread the Cheer, and uh, he gave this kind of this illustration of a, of a spreader, almost like in your lawn, where you put in fertilizer and you, you know, you're going around and make yourself, make your lawn look nice. And his point with that is that all of us in some way, shape, or form are spreading something with our lives. I mean, some of us are spreading love. Some of us are spreading negativity. Some of us are spreading all sorts of things. But in this season at Christmas, as we talk about spreading the cheer, it's an opportunity for us to look at different themes during the Advent season and ask ourselves, how can we do a better job at spreading these things? Last week, he talked about joy. Today, I want you to consider hope and spreading hope to those around you. I don't know about you, but having a baby is an exciting time, okay? Now, obviously, I have two daughters, Lydia and June. June is our Christmas baby. She turns one in two days on her Uncle Scott's birthday, and it's pretty cool. I got a picture of her from last year. This is our little June bug, all right? So she is now going to be one in two days. Having a baby is an exciting time, okay? If you either, you either had a baby, or maybe you were at the hospital shortly after, or maybe you were extended family, and you visited the little baby, but having a baby is exciting 
bonding time for any family. I mean, it's crazy. We had Lydia in the hot summer of June, and then we had June in the month of December, and having Lydia was awesome. Having June was crazy, okay? Because it was right at Christmas, so we were freaking out about presents and decorating and all the while trying to figure out when's June going to be here, how's this all going to happen. Having a baby is an exciting time. Getting pregnant, being pregnant, that whole season, it's an exciting time. You know what the worst thing is, though, is when you think someone is pregnant and they're not, okay? Have you ever been there? Okay, anybody, all right? Okay, you're better than me, all right? This has happened to me once, and it'll never happen again. I'll never forget, several years ago, I tend to be a pretty exciting person. I get excited about very simple things. Well, this was not a moment to be excited, okay? So I remember in our church lobby a couple years ago, I had thought I had overheard this gal talking about being pregnant, okay? And obviously, like I said, I get excited about things, and I sometimes put my foot in my mouth, and I was like, oh my word, that lady's pregnant. I gotta go. And so I walked up to her and I said, congratulations. And she's like, on, on what? I said, uh, you, you're, you're pregnant. She's like, no. No! Right? It's the worst when you think someone is pregnant and they are not, okay? And never again. I will never, ever make this mistake again. In fact, I have my wife help me. I'm like, babe, are they, are they having a baby? Yeah, no, they're having a baby. Oh, my gosh, you're having a baby! You know? No, Andrew, no, they're not having a baby. No. Oh, okay. Not having a baby. It is the worst. But man, there is something about the hope of having a baby, okay? I mean, it's, it's crazy. The, the months, the season, it, you're going through your head as, as an expecting parent. At least I did this when we first had Lydia. You know, you're just going through your head like, man, when's it going to happen? Like, like why, how, you know, when you have your first kid, you're kind of freaking out. I'll be like, okay, is it like, I know she's due on the 23rd of June, but it's going to be a few days before. Is it going to be a few days after? And you're just anticipating, you know, when this is going to be. And you're getting excited and you're starting to think to yourself, man, I'm a little scared about this. I mean, honestly, how is this going to work exactly? I'm, I'm a little freaked out about how this is all going to go. And we even went to like a baby class where they teach you about how things are going to go. That did not work. But you're trying to figure out in your head. You're hoping and trying to figure out what's it going to be like. You're thinking in your head, you know, for someone maybe did the surprise thing, you know, is it a boy or is it a girl? You know, you're thinking about the gender. You're thinking about, man, will, will our baby be cute? I mean, I know this sounds so vain, but you're like, does God make ugly babies? I mean, you do think about that a little bit. You're like, are they going to be cute? You're going to be like, ah! You know what I mean? <laughs> so your, your head is just spinning with different types of things when you're expecting or your wife is expecting or your friend is expecting. And it's such, it's such a hopeful time. Recently, I went to a, a baby shower for guys and gals. Super weird. Never, never will do it again. Um, and so I was probably one of like three dudes. And uh, I'm like, why am I here? Okay. And so, but honestly, man, you, I, I sat in the back and all, as all these ladies were around and she was opening up her gifts and, you know, they opened up the little onesie and all the ladies are like, oh, you know, little toys, Ooh, you know. Oh. So then I just started getting in on with it. You know, every time she opened something, I was like, there's just something about the expectation and the hope of a baby coming. 
Well, today in Scripture, we're going to look at two expecting moms, Elizabeth and Mary. And this is exciting times for them. I mean, we have to put ourselves there for a minute in the story in the Scriptures, because a lot of times when we hear the Bible being read or taught, it seems so boring and dull. But I want to put the humanity back in this story for a little bit today. And just put, your, put yourself there for a minute. Okay, as we're going to read here in Luke, there's going to be an angel that appears to Mary and says, you're going to have the baby Jesus and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Your pregnancy will be like any other pregnancy. Unlike any other pregnancy, yours will truly be a miracle from God. And here's the cool thing. I don't want you to freak out or worry, Mary, because your cousin or your aunt is also pregnant too. And she was old and barren and no one thought she could get pregnant, but now she is. And I think that's gonna be a comfort for you. Let me pick it up the story here in Luke 1, verse 26. We're just gonna read a little bit about the, the behind the scenes before the birth of Christ. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to, a mar- to, mar- to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Verse 39 here says, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Would you bow your heads with me today as we pray for God's word? Lord, today we just thank you for this opportunity to be together, to be your church, to be your people. And God, we just thank you and praise you for kids. God, they they bring us such joy. They, They bring such joy for this season, God. Their innocence, their love for you, their love for one another. We pray your blessing over every child in Grove Kids, over every teacher today. We thank you for the parents and the grandparents and the extended family who are here today to witness and enjoy that experience. And we do pray again now for your word today, God, that it would come alive to us, God, that we would put the humanity, God, back into scripture, really see what's going on here, God, and that you would teach us to walk out of here hope-filled 
for the expectation of your son Jesus to be born. We thank you and praise you for, and all God's people said, amen. So again, I don't want to take humanity out of this scripture. I want, to, I want to focus on verse 9 here. It says, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judah, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered and greeted Elizabeth. So all of a sudden, Mary's overwhelmed. She's very young. This miracle of God's going to happen to her. She's going to conceive and give birth to Jesus. And what's a comfort to her is she has a relative an aunt or a cousin named Elizabeth who's already six months pregnant with John the baptizer and she's gonna go and visit her and spend some time with her and so she hurries off to the town where she lives and greets Mary. Now just for a minute for fun, let's just talk about the difference between the way men greet each other and the way women greet each other, all right? So obviously I'm a dude and usually, even though I'm kind of a touchy-feely type of dude, usually when you meet a guy that you don't know very well or you're getting to know a dude, it goes a little something like this. How are you doing? How about dumb hawks? Yeah. I took this. Yeah. And you're like, what? You didn't say anything. I know because this is how guys talk to each other. Okay. All right. There's a lot of head nodding. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my 40 out back with a Hemi and a 6532. Seven. I mean, what? What'd you just say? I don't know what I said because I never understand what real dudes say, okay? Because I'm not a real dude, you know? They're like, yeah, I was out back hunting with my four by four, you know? And I'm like, you, were, you caught something? No, I killed something, son. You're like, oh, you don't catch anything? You kill it? I mean, guys are the funniest dude when it comes to greeting each other, okay? I mean, guys just, you know, they stand there kind of awkward and they look at each other and a little bit head nod and uh, you know, and, and, and it's always this question, well, wh- what do you do for work? Well, wh- what, do you, what do you do for work? Well, how much do you, man? Well, how, how kind, of, kind of square footage you got? I mean, it's just hilarious. It's all about facts, okay? Facts, what kind of car you drive, got some new Bridgestones on my vehicle. Like, it's just facts. Guys are hilarious, okay? You would never go up to a dude and be like, buddy! You know what I mean? Like, it's just weird, okay? So, it's hilarious because this is how men greet each other, all right? But ladies, let's talk about the ladies and how you greet each other, all right? Now, if you have been seeing each other, you know, every single week, it's a little bit different. But if you haven't seen a girlfriend or a friend in a few months, maybe, you know, because of different situations, they've moved away, or maybe you live away from your mom and you're a daughter, and when you see each other, holy smokes, ah! Right? Do I got this down or not? I mean, there is hugging and touching and, oh, my word, your hair. Did you just get it redone? I love it. I love it. Where'd you get that? And there's a lot of touching and scarf touching. And I want to take that scarf. Oh, my gosh. I love you. I love you. Gosh, we love each other. It's so funny, man. Men and women, how they greet each other is so different. Right? Ladies compliment each other's features and they connect with each other and they touch each other and guys are like, yeah, uh-huh, cool. All right, catch you later. Okay, there. Can I get a hug? Get away from me. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's weird, right? But this is what's happening with Mary. Mary, man, she's pretty scared about this, a little overwhelmed, and she's walking into Elizabeth's home and it's like party time. Ah! Elizabeth! You're old. Mary, you're a virgin. This is weird. But we're pregnant. 
And this is exciting. The text actually tells us later on that Mary spends about three or four months with her cousin as she's pregnant with baby Jesus, connecting with her relative and spending time together. These miracles, a lady in her old age, barren her whole life, and now finally has conceived. And now the Virgin Mary, although very unique, and even Mary's response is a little bit confused and disturbing as to how this is going to happen. These two miracles are happening, and there's this expectation and this hope for what's about to come. It says that after the greeting, we see little uh, baby Johnny, John the baptizer. He's going, he's going nuts in the tummy. He's getting excited as this greeting happens because he knows that something is going to be happening that's going to be a miracle of God. And so John the Baptist's response in the, even in the womb is he's leaping with joy and he's excited. And I want you to catch how Elizabeth responds to this opportunity to be in Mary's presence with the baby Jesus. She says, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why, I'm so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then she finally says this very powerful statement, you are blessed because you believed, Mary, that the Lord would do what he said. One author in writing about this passage says, we should not miss the significance of the testimony about these children that comes through this grateful mother-to-be. Three points are central. That Mary's child is especially blessed, being at the center of God's fresh activity, that there is amazement in being in any part of these astounding events, and that there's joy and blessing that come to those who believe that God would do what he says. You see, there's so much hope here. There's so much excitement here. Hope is just all, all hope is is just believing for something to happen. There, there's so much hope and excitement here as both of these moms are pregnant, expecting children. And, and it's spreading. It, it's spreading to the families. It's spreading to the town. News is getting out that Elizabeth in her old age, who was barren, has become pregnant. And Mary in her young age, through the miraculous encounter with the Holy Spirit, is also pregnant. And news is spreading and hope is being stirred in people's hearts as there's these whispers happening. Yeah, she's saying that he's the son of the most high God. No, the, the baby in, in Mary's tummy is going to be the Messiah, the one to be born of, a, the one that Isaiah prophesied and talked about years and years ago is what's happening in Mary right now. And you can now get that the news is spreading and people are talking. It's the same thing that happens in our world today. When, when you hear someone's pregnant, it's a joyful thing. You're like, oh my word, did you hear? What? They're pregnant. Ah! That's what's happening here. There's such expectation, and hope. Napoleon Bompart writes this. He says, a leader is a dealer in hope. You see, the term dealer doesn't carry the most noble connotations today, but let's face it, we are all dealers. As human beings engaged in constant relationship with the world around us, we are responsible for dealing in all kinds of things. 
A dealer exchanges and trades, buys and sells, is always in commerce. And whatever your role in life is, professional, friend, teammate, career, volunteer, marriage, you make constant choices about what you deal in. What do you pass, sell, or exchange on to others? Napoleon says a leader is a dealer of hope. Maybe you sit here and you go, man, I don't like that word leader. I don't look at myself as a leader. Hey, if you're a parent, you're a leader. If you have a job and you work with coworkers, you're a leader. A leader is simply just somebody with influence. A leader is just somebody on a team that uses that influence to inspire and encourage others. Napoleon says that a leader is a dealer of hope. We go on here, and I want to catch here a little bit the last phrasing of what Elizabeth says. She says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I want you just to think for a minute here, if we're there in Elizabeth's shoes, what are the kind of things that she could have dealt in that moment? I mean, she sees her cousin Mary walking into the room, and obviously there's excitement, but you know what? She could have dealt all sorts of things, couldn't she have? I mean, she decided to deal hope, and she decided to deal joy, and we see this miraculous thing happen in the womb with John the baptizer, but she could have dealt all sorts of different emotions and feelings. I mean, Elizabeth, if we just think about it for a minute, man, she could have dealt worry and fear, couldn't she have? She could have spread worry and fear all over that situation. Oh, Mary, oh my word, what... What is going to happen? I, Mary, this is, I, I don't, I'm so scared for you. I don't know what's, I don't know what people are going to say about, I mean, you're a, how does this, well, oh. I mean, she could have, she could have dealt the criticism, right? She could have dealt that feeling of, wow, man, I, I hope Joseph's going to stay in the picture, you know, because this is super strange. I, I, I hope, I hope he's going to stick around. I mean, think about the kind of things that are dealt when someone announces the pregnancy of, of, their, of, of a child. Think about that. Think about people that you know and what kind of reaction you've seen people give them or maybe you've given them. See, there's so many things that Elizabeth could have dealt in this moment and yet she spreads and deals hope. She says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he says. And it's not this little beatitude in Luke's gospel. It's not just for Mary. It's not just that Mary believes that Jesus, that God would do what he says. This beatitude that Luke talks about here, this phrasing, you believed because you believed that the Lord would do what he says. This phrasing here is for all people. What Luke is trying to get us to understand is the, the, the beginning stages of the birth of Christ is very odd and strange, is it not? I mean, if you try to get your head wrapped around to try to figure out how Mary has a baby through the Holy Spirit, it's a little strange. And yet, Luke is telling us today and reminding you through Elizabeth that you and I are blessed when we believe what the Lord says he was going to do. We're blessed. It makes me think about how I feel about this season. If Elizabeth her own relative believed it and had hope for it. If Mary believed what the Lord said and had hope for it, can I challenge you today? Do you believe it? And do you hold hope for it? Do you believe in the virgin birth of Jesus? 
Do you believe that he is the great Emmanuel that we sang about today, that he is God with us? Do, do you believe, I want you to ponder this for a minute. Do you believe this story? Do you believe, although maybe the calendar doesn't always line up, but for us on December 25th, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that today? See, for my daughter Lydia, it's the sweetest thing. Three and a half years old, every night I put her to bed, she says, Daddy, is it Christmas time yet? I'm like, Liddy, 10 more days, 10 more days. Is it Christmas time yet? 10 more. She's like, Daddy, what? I love baby Jesus. I'm like, that's right, you're my kid. Okay, you better love baby Jesus. Then the other day, she tricked me. She goes, Daddy, I love presents. I'm like, no. Who do you talk to? No, I'm just kidding. The other day, she goes, Daddy, is Santa coming to my house? Santa's not real. No, I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> but it's so fun to think about this. The, can she believe it? Can she understand who Jesus is in her little heart and life? See, Elizabeth says to you and I today, Luke is reminding us today, that you and I will be blessed when we believe what the Lord says he will do. And here's what it is. If you believe it today, if this story, this crazy story of the birth of Christ that I have a hard time sometimes understanding and I have a hard time sometimes figuring out, if you believe it by faith, can I encourage you today, then there should be such hope inside your heart right now. I mean, just like you're waiting for a baby to be born in your family. I, I'm telling you right now, there should be, so, oh my word, Jesus' birthday is almost here. It's almost here! Have you seen the movie Elf? I love the movie Elf. Will Ferrell, ridiculous tights, super awkward, don't ever wear them, men. But he's hilarious, and his excitement for Christmas. You remember when he's in the department store, and the, the, the worker comes up to him and says, what are you doing? Get over here. What? You should be working. And he starts getting rebuked that he's not doing his job. And you remember at one point, the, the guy gets on the intercom, and he goes, okay, kids. Santa's coming. Santa! Remember this? Can I tell you right now that that is what should be in our hearts for the birth of Jesus this season? That kind of hope should be in our hearts for this season, this expectation, this coming, this season, knowing that he came for you, knowing that he came for me, knowing that he gave me life, knowing that he gave me a family, knowing that he blessed me with a job, knowing that he watches over my kids. This season should bring such expectation in your heart. Sure, man, the lights and the season and the presents are all great, but there should be such hope in our hearts that, hey, He's coming. Hey, hey, coworker, he's coming. Hey, neighbor, he's coming. Hey, relative, he's coming. And I believe it, and would you do the same? Can I tell you something today? Our world needs dealers of hope. They, they need it so bad, you guys. They need people like you and me in their life to say, hey, not only is he coming on December 25th and we're gonna celebrate it, but he comes every single day and loves you to the moon and back. I mean, students need this message so much. You know what? Who you are today is good enough in God's eyes and there's so much hope and future for you. You know, your marriage needs the hope of Christ today. 
You could sit here and go, go, man, my marriage is on the dumps. It's in the rocks. I don't know what I'm going to do. Jesus says, man, I came as a baby born in a manger to help recover and restore your marriage. I came as a baby born in a manger to help recover and restore your relationship with your parents. I came as a baby born in a manger to help restore and heal your broken heart. It's hope, and there should be such expectation in our hearts. You are blessed, Elizabeth says, because you believed that the Lord would do what he said he would do. Would you bow your heads with me here today? Just with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity today to be reminded of what Luke is pointing us all to, and that is the birth of Jesus. The Bible teaches us today that we are blessed because we believe that the Lord would do what he says he would do. And if you're here today and maybe you have not given yourself the opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus, that he came for you, he was the great Emmanuel, the God with us, he came to take on humanity, he came to take on our sin. He came to give you life. He came to give you joy. He came to give you such hope and a future. If you're here today and you want to believe the message of Jesus here, you want to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to believe what Luke is saying today, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand in this place if that's you. You want to believe the message of Jesus today if you're here today. Thank you so much. I see your hands back there. Thank you. Awesome, thanks so much. Thank you, sweetie, with those four hands. Anyone else? You want to believe the message of Jesus today, that he came for you. You can put your hands down with these four that raised their hands. Anyone else here today with the four that raised their hands says, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to believe in the message. Thank you, sweetie. Five. Anyone else? You want to believe in the message of Jesus, that he came for you with these five. Awesome. I see your hand, man. Thank you so much. You can put it down. Anyone else here with these five? And if you believe this message, if you've put your faith in Christ, I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with us. I'm going to ask you just to say, Jesus, come on, say it with me, church. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. I believe it today. I believe you came for me. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose again. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate with the five hands? Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.